All right. I almost feel like I don't need to preach. God has so clearly blessed us. And it really has been amazing to watch this whole process. Um, I hope that you all can see that the office is upstairs, um, this space, like this is God saying, Harbor Church, I am with you. Harbor Church, I am leading you. Harbor Church, keep going. Keep going, because I am right with you. Um, It's interesting, because as I thought about this, um, I felt like what we're seeing here with the space, it's an expression of our ministry theme for the year, isn't it? Right? The, The theme of blessed to be a blessing. Right? That's how it works. God blesses us, and then as we experience His blessings, we become a blessing to others. That's just how it works. We've talked about the pitcher, right? God takes our cup, He turns it into a pitcher so we can pour into others. You know, we're a funnel, right? God fills us up so that we can pour out into the lives of other people. He blesses us so that we can bless others. You know, Paul says this in Ephesians 4. Look at this. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Right? And that's it. It's it's blessed to be a blessing. It's like God is saying, look, I have blessed you. Now go. Go and be a blessing. And so the question is, like, what exactly does the, what does it mean to walk worthy? Right? If that's what we're called to do. If God is calling us to walk worthy of His blessings, what exactly does that mean? Well, I think just put simply, for us, it just means be the church. If you want to walk worthy of the blessings that God has given you, then be the church. That is God's invitation to us. That is what He's made us to be. Um, and that's what God calls us to be. So, well, what does that mean, right? What does it mean to be the church? You know, what kind of a church has the blessings of God? You know, what is the church that God blesses? To answer that, we want to look into the scriptures today. So, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to put it up here on the screen. If you don't have your Bible, the scriptures on page 6 in your bulletin. There's a place to take notes on page 7. And in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, we actually see the church that God blesses. So friends, listen. This is the Word of God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the Word of God. It's a pretty amazing description. If you just look at what was going on, 
In verse 43, it says that awe came upon every soul. These were people, they were amazed by God. They were blown away. They couldn't believe that God was so present in their lives. They couldn't believe that God was at work and they could see His influence in their lives every day. The God of the universe had come into history and saved them through Jesus and was still at work. Still a real presence in their lives on a daily basis. Verse 43, it says, signs and wonders were being done. Right? So people's lives were changing. Miraculous stuff was going on. There were things that were inexplicable that were happening in the lives of people. They were being set free from addictions. They were being set free from stuff that binded them. Right? And they were, they were living in freedom. Verses 44 and 45, they had all things in common. There was this incredible generosity that was erupting from the people. And then verse 47, they praised God. Right? They were living lives of worship. Right? This is what they were doing. They were worshiping God with their lives. And then they also had favor with all the people. So this was the church that everybody loved to have in the community. Right? They had favor with all the people. I mean, this is good, isn't it? I mean, think about that, right? Who wouldn't want this life? Right? Being amazed by how close God is to you? Right? How about that? Experiencing radical freedom and change in your life. Right? I mean, that's, that's amazing. Having a community of people who have your back. A group of friends that support you and are there to catch you when you fall. Man, who wouldn't want that? It's no wonder they had favor with all the people and that God was saving people every single day. Right? Who wouldn't want in on this? For those of you who are here and aren't Christians, like this is the church at its best. Right? This is what God wants to do. Inner healing, real power, sensing that God is close to you and that He is on your side. This is the vision for the church. This is what God then calls us to be. Right? This is what God is calling to come from us as a church. And in verse 42, the verse we kind of skipped over, in verse 42, we see that there are four things that really make the church what it was. If you want to have these things characterize your life, well, these things characterize the early church because they were devoted to four things. Right? And if you devote yourself to these four things... That's the life that God blesses. That's the church that God blesses. These are the four things that make a life where God is real. And so we're going to look at them one by one. These folks were devoted to, number one, the apostles' teaching. You see that in verse 42? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So for us, like what this means, it's just the Bible. Right? The, the, the teaching that the apostles did was written down and has been given to us in Scripture. And so the Bible is the apostles' teaching. They were devoting themselves to the teaching of the apostles. And what, to me, is really exciting is, is what it says about God that the apostles were teaching. Okay, Because what happened with the apostles were these were the twelve that Jesus personally called. These 12 men that Jesus called at the beginning of his ministry, and he said to them, Look, 
I'm going to be handing this off to you. You are going to become my ambassadors, my spokespeople. And so for the next three years, I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know. And then I'm going to send you out. What this says to me, what this says to me is that we worship a God who wants to be known. Okay? He appointed apostles to make sure that you could know what he is like. He called people to to speak on his behalf. He invested in them authority so that when they spoke, they knew God was talking. And so God wants you to know him. He wants you to know how he thinks, how he feels. He wants you to know what he thinks about our world, what is good in it, what is bad in it. He wants you to know his plan for how he is going to bring about renewal and healing. God wants you to know these things. How amazing is that? That's the God that we worship. He wants you to know him. Now, what better reason to be devoted to the apostles' teaching? Right? This book is God saying, you can know me. You can know me. I want you to know me. Any question that you have, God speaks to it. God speaks of it in this book. And you can know the God of the universe if you devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. If you want to be the church, you want to devote yourself to this, to this book. You want to read it. You want to read it until, we talked about this last week, until you are moved to rapturous astonishment. Remember that from last week? Rapturous astonishment. It takes a little bit of work, right? Sometimes you've got to slow down and actually think about what you're reading. But you want to devote yourself to God's Word. Read it until you hit something that says, wow, is this really what God is like? He is amazing. He is amazing. And then worship Him. Worship Him. That's what it means to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. This happens at harbor. This is happening at harbor. People whose minds are blown wide open, they say, I didn't know the gospel was that big. I didn't know the gospel affected every area of my life. Think about the offices upstairs. The office is an opportunity for us to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. The community room, which seats anywhere from 3 to 50. 50, okay? 5-0. That's how big that room gets. And if you want to really cram folks in so that the speaker's got people he's spitting on, maybe 65 or 70, potentially. We can do 50 chairs comfortably up there. Just so you know, that's the, those are the numbers. We've already, like Dick said, we've already had a theology conference for our harbor pastors and other pastors. You know, I mean, this is a place where we can come together and devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. It's happening already. It will continue to happen upstairs. This is the apostles' teaching. It's part of us being the church. Secondly, <clears throat> They were devoted to fellowship. Okay, you see that in verse 42? The apostles' teaching and the fellowship. They were devoted to fellowship. What is fellowship? Fellowship is friendship where Jesus is at the center. Okay? It's a friendship that's revolving around Jesus. It's 
it's two people or more people loving each other, caring about each other in the name of Jesus. It's sometimes two people coming together, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Right? I don't understand this verse. Can you explain it to me? Well, I've had this experience, and that's where that verse came true for me. Right? Sometimes that's what it looks like. Sometimes it's, it's praying. Right? Two people praying for each other. I can't tell you the prayers that have already been offered to the Lord in the offices upstairs. I can't tell you that people have come face to face with God because of fellowship. Because people who care for each other, they're lifting each other up, they're supporting each other. Right? Fellowship speaks, the Bible says that the church is like a body and each one of us is one of the parts. You know, and so all of us, I mean, this is an opportunity for us to remember that we want to be the church. That means that you have a role to play in the church. You have a role to play in the church. You are part of this family. You're needed. You have gifts. You have talents. You have abilities that you can use to serve other people, to care for other people. And when we do that, signs and wonders, radical change happens in people's lives. God's blessing is added to that church. We have seen people come to Christ because of the community of our church. People who have been interested in Jesus but didn't know what it looked like to follow Him. And so they join the community. And after a while, they go, you know what? I'm in. I'm in. This is the power of fellowship and the the impact that it has on us as a church. Third, Verse 42 says they were devoted to the breaking of bread. Breaking of bread. This is the hospitality that characterized the church. Right? These are people, not just in friendships, but people that have the kind of friendships that look like solid family. Right? That's the kind of devotion where they were spending time together. They were in each other's homes. Right? They were breaking bread. If you look down... At verse 46, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They receive food with glad and generous hearts. These are people acting like family. Right? It's hospitality. This is what it means to be the church. It's that when you look around, you say, you know what? These are my brothers and sisters. Right? God is our Father. And so when God says, be the church, saying, act like a family. Show hospitality to one another. And it's interesting because it says the breaking of bread in verse 42. And so it's possible that what this is referring to is actually not just any breaking of bread, but the breaking of bread. Right? They were devoting themselves to the Lord's Supper. That's a sacrament of the church where God says, not just that y'all are family, but He says we are family. The sacraments of the church are where God tells us, look, you can know for sure that you have my blessings. As real as that bread, that wine and juice are, that's how real your relationship with Jesus is. And if that's true about you, then all the blessings of Jesus are yours. And so they devoted themselves to each other and to the promises of God. Then finally, they devoted themselves to prayer to prayer. 
We've been talking about prayer. If you want to know more about prayer and you haven't been part of our church already, we're going through a series and Jesus is teaching us exactly how to pray. Uh, But we've been seeing what prayer is. And what's interesting to me is that for these folks in this early church, they had a real relationship with God. They had a real relationship with God. I mean, it wasn't just going through the motions. It wasn't just showing up to church on Sunday. Man, they knew God and they walked with Him. They devoted themselves to prayer. They were devoted to prayer, to spending time with God. Pouring their hearts out, talking to God about the big things, the little things. Listening for God's response. Right? Hearing God speak to them through His Word and through His Spirit. And again, like to me, when I think about the image of God that this conveys, it's not just that God wants us to know Him, but God wants us to know Him. He doesn't just want us to read the Bible so we can quote verses and know truths about God. God wants us to know Him. And so He invites us, just come into my presence, come spend time with me. And the church that does that, right? the church that does that is filled with God's power and His presence. It's filled with the transformation of real life. And this... being horribly spoiled by my mother. Well, anyway, it has been said that Christians should find out how and where God is moving and then join Him. And several things in line with that stood out to me about this incredible opportunity that was presented to us. First, 
the location is ideal. And in an area where precious little is available for non-commercial uses. Second, the parking is excellent compared to the old theater and for people who have to travel into the church office or to church. Third, the space did not require a conditional use permit, a fact that just cannot be overemphasized in terms of money and time. If we had to have a conditional use permit, uh, it would be prohibitively expensive to make the move we did. Not to mention, it would take 18 months about to get a conditional use permit if we were successful. Fourth, this is exactly the kind of location that would have excited the Apostle Paul. It's in the heart of the city and is wonderfully useful for the church's ministry to the city. And finally, we ended uh, our last year, 2011, very strong, thanks to uh, tightening our belts and the generosity of our members. The giving exceeded our expenses by $56,000, meaning we had about $30,000 more in savings than our session requires. So when we met as elders and staff, we reviewed our needs and the construction costs involved. After months of prayer and planning, we determined that the best option was an office build-out that would cost $40,000, a very inexpensive cost for the facility that we wound up with in the location we now occupy. At this point, uh, I, uh, I just strongly advocate that we, when we were in meetings, that we promptly spend the $40,000 necessary to build out this incredible space. And, uh, and here's my, my reasoning, the thing that moved me at the time. Number one, this space is so unique. Nothing else can give us this with a worship space, a place for teaching the children in Sunday school, a place for having meetings for the church planting center, for the seminary, the multiplicity of uses for the kingdom just overwhelmed me. And without us having to invest in a permanent space, because we've always devoted our money to the ministry rather than building a permanent site. Well, the second factor for me is that we were financially strong. But we were financially strong because the members in the church continue to be seized by the vision that we are a church in the city and for the city. And third, in my mind, we plan to, I mean, I thought we should give the church members an opportunity to participate in giving toward these offices by replacing the $40,000. So the total cost for the construction was $40,000 to go from an empty shell to a finished office with bathrooms. And if you haven't seen the space, oh, I, I just urge you to have a tour and, and see how wonderful it is. I believe a church should be fiscally prudent as much as possible while not hoarding money. 
in Ecclesiastes, we are told to cast our bread upon the waters, and after many days it will return to us. So please pray and ask God how he would like you to give to this opportunity. But one should not be embarrassed about the amount one gives. Jesus recognized the widow's might, and it might be your might Jesus will use to profoundly bless our shared ministry. And moreover, with a few fish and loaves of bread, Jesus literally fed thousands. Because God loves the city and is abundant in grace, it is exciting to just think how he will multiply our few fish and loaves to bless this city and therein bless us. Ours is a ministry in the city and for the city. One of the things that was very much in my mind as we talked about building out and, and um, giving church members an opportunity to share in the, in the blessing, sort of grabbing hold to the, the train that God has moving toward his kingdom, is that in giving we should bear in mind that we do not need to give in order to gain God's pleasure. He is already fully and eternally pleased with us because of the finished work of his Son. So we do not give in order to please God. Rather, we give in celebration of the great truth that God is already pleased with us through Jesus Christ. So we can give freely and joyfully as we purpose without guilt or false motive. And to me, this is a glorious opportunity. I am thankful to God to be able to do this even in a small way. So I hope you'll join Dana and me in giving toward this amazing opportunity. Thank you, and may God bless our city. And now I'm going to go back and continue to be spoiled by my mother. God bless you. So that's Bill, all the way from Chicago. So the point here is that we'd like you to consider, um, we'd like you to consider giving toward this. As Bill said, the cost was $40,000. And what we're going to do is that we're going to ask you to pray. I pushed... All right, it's off mute. Is that better? All right, we're on. Great. Um, we want you to pray and ask God how you might give toward, um, toward this need. Right? Give toward this. You can participate in all that the offices are going to mean uh, for us as a church. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a special offering over the next 30 days. Okay, so we're going to take over the next 30 days, um, we're going to give you a chance to give, to think and to pray. Um, and each week... In our service, we're going to highlight just a different aspect of the kind of things that go on just in more detail, you know, beyond what you've heard today, um, just so that you can catch, a, a, again, a clearer vision of how God's going to use this um, to further our church's ministry. And so, um, yeah, and there's, there's lots of different ways that you can give. I just want to make sure everybody's aware of these. Um, we have special envelopes. Right, so you can use these envelopes that say new office space on them. There's one in your bulletin. There'll be one each week at the information table. Um, 
If you want to write a check, you can just put special new office space in the memo. You know, so you can designate it that way. You can also go on our website, you know, either downtown, harbordowntown.org, harboruptown.org, and um, in the drop-down box, there's a little place you can choose new office space, and so you can give that way. You can also give electronically through your, uh, through your bank. And so you can give either like a flat sum, just sort of toward the whole 40000 or if you want, you can sponsor or partially sponsor um, one of the rooms in the office. Okay, and so let me show you what I mean. <clears throat> so we did sort of a calculation based on the total of 40000 um, Based on square feet, we figured out how much each office, each section would cost. And so um, let's say you're really fired up about Harbor Seminary and what Damien's talking about. Well, then you can give to the community room. You can donate there. You can decide to sponsor or partially sponsor the community room. You know, if you've got a strong heart for pastoral ministry and the kinds of things, counseling and prayer and study of God's word that go on, you can sponsor one of the pastor's offices, right? If you've got a heart for children, the community room or the nursery, you know, could be places that you could sponsor or partially sponsor. You kind of get the idea, right? If hospitality is a big deal to you and you know the difference between, that the difference between a good meeting and a great meeting is the food you serve, right? Then you could sponsor the kitchenette, right? Or partially sponsor uh, the kitchenette. And so we just wanted to give you another creative way to think about, uh, about your giving so that if you chose to give to one of the particular rooms, you could say, you know what? I helped make that happen, you know, either in your heart um, or to the Lord. And so now, after the service tonight, like I said, we're going to give you a tour of the offices. So we'd love for you to all come up and walk through. Damien will be up there, so you can ask him questions about the seminary. Um, we'll have you know Mel and John and Chad and Cynthia and I will all be up there if you have questions. Um, and in each of the rooms, we've put something up on the wall that just says, what goes on here? So that you can have a sense of, it's not just, okay, Pastor Stephen's office, but on the wall, there's just in all the rooms, there's a list of the kinds of things that will go on or have gone on already or will go on. Because again, the point here isn't so much the offices, it's the ministries that go on in the offices. It's the lives that change in the offices. And so, um, so that's the plan. So again, over the next 30 days, you can pray and, and then give um, according to the way God has led you. Um, and again, each week, We'll highlight different things in the service. And then on July 22nd, so that's about four Sundays from now, it's about 30 days away, minus two, um, on July 22nd, we're going to have another joint service. We're going to come back into this place in the morning this time. So tonight it was Uptown's time. On July 22nd, we're going to meet here in the morning, um, closer to downtown's time. And then after the service, we're going to have a potluck. And at that time, we'll tell you, you know, who gave, or not who gave, we'll tell you how much was given. <laughs> we'll tell you how much was given. We'll tell you stories of how God has continued to use this to be a blessing. And, um, and then we're going to have a potluck afterwards. So it should be a great time of celebration, fellowship, breaking of bread, apostles' doctrine, and prayer. So we'll get to be the church on July 22nd. So that's what we got. I hope that you will, along with me, I mean, pray and ask God, God, how would you have me give to this amazing miracle that you've provided for us? Let's pray together.
Father, thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, we all, in our hearts, we long to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you've called us with. And God, thank you. The, the way the gospel works is that you are already pleased with us. So we don't have to give or be the church or pray in order to earn your favor, but you are pleased with us in Christ. Thank you for that assurance. Thank you for the wonder that a message of freedom that has set our hearts on fire for you would lead to us being these people in the world, being the church, so that your name would be hallowed. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here in San Diego, Tijuana, as it is in heaven. Give us this day and every day the food that we need. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because it's all yours. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Amen.